Coming up on this episode, the season one finale, halfway through the source material, what are they going to do? All killer, all filler. We are here, the HBO boys, discussing season one, episode 10 of House of the Dragon. It's your boy, Ryan, with the Adam and... <coughs> Your boy, Adam. D in the morning (laughs) today. Uh, uh, Filler episode we're going to talk about uh, for five seconds, and then we're going to move on to the final episode of the show. Hot D in the morning. (laughs) And that five seconds is listen to Spooky Adam and James talk about uh, the filler episode that was episode nine, a penultimate episode that Game of Thrones has proven could be epic almost every time four straight five straight seasons perhaps not this one though nope the one thing i say is like that that scene you know you you know the scene that scene no describe it 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 was weird which one describe it um yeah you know that scene i don't actually know what you're talking about describe you, you it. do you do though there were a lot of bad you, scenes but yeah you're you, talking about you know the oh scene. wait oh, yeah. you know what you know the scene like spooky adam i repressed it i truly didn't know what you were talking about now i do <laughs> yes that was stupid and i didn't like it totally just just not necessary you know what you know why though it and it wasn't just because it was gross because obviously it was gross but it like cut the power out from Alicent yeah. in, a, in a moment that it feels like, like she's the queen. You do this right. because she told you to. You, the foot fetish somehow is involved. I don't. No, yeah, not to get your rocks off to some feet that you don't currently have very good ones of. I just didn't understand this, how this became a transactional relationship. I, just, I liked uh, I like, one of our patrons happened? commented like, <laughs> So wait, so he killed his brother and dad over Allison's feet? <laughs> yeah, pretty good trade-off, I, I get for him specifically. It's like, so Ryan, you said it was gross. Like, I don't even, it wasn't even gross. It was just so unnecessary. Like, I, I literally, the scene ended, I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, That's not, why? Yeah, no, unnecessary isn't the right adjective, I think. It's bad writing because- yeah. It took a character that we finally understood as competent, mm-hmm. Allison, who has been going back and forth between is this character smart, dumb, um, oblivious, has her finger on the pulse of the situation. And then in one scene, it just wipes all of the progress she had away. Yeah. And now she is uh, like Joffrey didn't take like, you know what I mean? Like, it's what, what are we what are we doing here? <laughs> It was a filler episode of Hot D. Yeah, but episode 10 was less filler. Thank Christ, because oh, it yeah. was the season finale. So things actually had to happen. I will mm. say, I checked back in with uh, with Sam before this to get her take on the episode and the season. And she said, uh, it's gross. And uh, <laughs> there's no person that you actually like or are rooting for. And Damon. there's nothing to look forward to. Damon, you're not, you're not rooting for anymore. <laughs> Halfway through episode 10, you got a reminder. That I was like, oh, right. Damon's a bad guy and yeah. her uncle. I don't yeah, know yeah, why yeah. we were shipping them so hard. This is weird, <laughs> gross. And he choked her out of like, because he, because she won't, he, she won't let him go to war. You know, he's sad about it. <laughs> he just really wants to go to war. Yeah. His soft butter face got so mad and choked her out. <laughs> 
butter face. That's what he looks like. He looks yeah. like melted butter. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's what an what an analogy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just imagine like a butter bell. You look at you, you flip it open, and it's just the guy. Was it Matt Smith? <laughs> he looks like a candle that's been lit for a million years. <laughs> that's been reshaped and reformed. <laughs> yeah, and now somehow is a human being with blonde hair. Oh my god. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Episode 10 is entitled The Black Queen, which is weird because Beyonce wasn't even in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. One more thing before we move on. James, you and Spooky Adam, I really loved your episode last week. Everybody yeah, go good. listen to it if you hadn't. I re- I didn't agree with 50% of the stuff you said. Uh, you were very nice. Well, you didn't agree with a lot of the wrong things, I would say. Yes, yeah, you were saying a lot of wrong stuff, and and I didn't like that at all. But uh, but I, I I once I moved past that, great episode. Everyone go listen to it. <laughs> once I, I I loosened up my opinions. <laughs> no, like I'm I'm a hundred percent on why does the entire episode have to be about the dumb prophecy that they added so that they can condescend yeah. to the entire Game of Thrones audience to be like, see, they're, they're together. They go together. Like, no, you don't. You didn't have to do this. Allison didn't have to mishear a rotting version of her husband to get yeah. the rest of like that. That's the cornerstone that you're choosing. That's fucking dumb. The episode begins on Dragonstone. They're all back now. Rainey's having a conversation with Luke. Mind you, they don't know what's happened in episode nine. They, don't, they have no idea that Allison lets Larys Starring jerk off to her feet. <laughs> in any case. <laughs> Wouldn't it be weird if that was the only thing they knew? <laughs> News from the West. Yeah, a raven just came in in the night. It was from Larys. He's been sending pictures to everybody. He drew them from memory. In any case, Luke is apologizing for starting a fight at dinner at the end of episode eight. And Rainey assures him that uh, she's not mad at him and that she loves him and that she really appreciates him being alive. Yeah, exactly. Right. The exact thing you like in that (laughs) moment, if I didn't know what was going to happen because I read the book, even so, I'd be like, oh, that kid's dead as fuck. Yeah. (laughs) A little, little foreshadowing. I'm soon. Like, uh. He's dead soon. Yeah. That was like the Walking Dead rule. Like you're watching the Walking Dead and you're like, huh, this secondary character is getting a lot of characterization this episode. <laughs> yeah. I wonder why. Everyone's <laughs> saying they really like them. And honestly, I like them more because they like, uh, they're dead. <laughs> a Knight of the Kingsguard arrives to tell them that Rainey's is here. And Rainey's tells them what happened in episode nine. They're disgusted about the foot thing. And <laughs> yeah. We already saw pictures, Rainies. Move on. Rainies straight up asks her uh, cousin, why did you not just torch them all then and there? Right. And Rainies is like, because it was not my choice to make it. My Shut queen up. should decide when to burn them all. And she's like, okay, well, I decide that you should have done it yesterday. You're right. How many people are going to die because you had the chance to burn all of them? How, how how many of my children are going to die this episode because you didn't be like, Dracarys, Dracarys, all of them. They imprisoned me, but I didn't <laughs> think that they deserved to all get burned to death. What are you talking about? So stupid. <laughs> uh, the shock of hearing about her father's death and her uh, the usurpation of her throne causes... 
Brady to start miscarrying, which they do not hold back from. We then get a bunch no. of scenes of like David holding court and making war plans while Brady has an extremely explicit on-screen miscarriage that they do not blink from a single no. time. Again, nope, they sure don't. perhaps this is, I don't know, important to portray this in fiction because it happens to people, but I don't know. This was another scene of this show where I was like, please cut, dude. Yeah. Just please cut. Please, please say psych. You're right. In <laughs> hospitals across the land, blonde women are sculling babies out of their wombs by themselves sans help and then are surprised when it goes poorly. You're right. It's, it, it's a power move. We've had a few power moves in this show that either were unnecessary or totally epic. No, I don't think this was portrayed as empowering. I think I it was portrayed as tragic. No, James, he's talking about HBO. They were asserting their dominance oh, over okay. us. I mean, no, but <laughs> no, I truly think it was a a weird commentary on how she is a very independent person and can t- handle her shit, and- you know? She's going through trauma because her father died. Everyone somehow is surprised. How is everybody surprised that the rotting corpse finally passed away? (laughs) His face was falling off. But you're right. It felt like more HBO bullshit that they didn't have to show, but then chose to. There was a meeting about having that scene or not having that scene. There was a meeting about cutting Viserys' first wife open in the first episode, and they kept that too. If they kept those two things, what didn't they keep? I'm telling you, man. I think it's the, uh, we want to make it as intense as possible because that's what this, um, you know, grouping of shows is known for. Being incredibly violent, being incredibly sexual, and I think they're just trying to one-up Maybe I, I could be wrong. Yeah, but, I feel, but it felt like they're trying to one up each other. Not in season one. Well, I mean, coming out strong. No, yeah, yeah, he's a strong boy. When Ned gets <laughs> beheaded in season one of Game of Thrones, blah blah, blah they don't show yeah. his fucking head like tumbling away. They, they do cut- for like a split second, and actually, like the the hard cut sort of almost makes it worse because then you left to imagine the rest of it. Like, right? That's fun. Although, no, I can say with hindsight, now nah, it's actually much worse to viscerally watch it uh, second by second of, happening yeah. on screen. Right. That it's been proven now twice in one season of television. Their first season of television to be worse, and uh, you know, in the middle of Sam being like, it's a bad show that nobody, uh, nobody <laughs> deserves to be rooted for, which, you know, I don't fully disagree with, although I do like the show, but my retort was like, well, I mean, Ramsey sexually abused, and she was like, that was the fifth season. I was like, such a, <laughs> such a good point. Such a good point. You're in now. You weren't, <laughs> we don't have to be in. This is still first season stuff. I am in though. I'm here for it though. I'd rather it be out out of the box, crazy and wild than boring, which we've gotten both of. (laughs) More miscarriage scenes, says Adam. No, that's really uh, (laughs) no. I just want to see Ryan Condling in season two behind the episode. He's like, Warner Brothers told me I could either put in two foot fetish scenes or another (laughs) grisly childbirth murder. And I told them, no, I need all three. I need all three scenes or the show's not going to work. Yeah, I will not do it otherwise. It was sort of my line in the miscarriage. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) 
So then they hold a funeral, a royal funeral uh, sure for do. the lost child. And Rainy now finds herself exactly where her dad was in episode one. Mm, right. Full circle, baby. Yeah. But this, you know, she, this actress wasn't there, though. So she sort of first no. time feeling it as that, you know, Millie Alcock had to do it last time, this time Emma Darcy. So everyone gets one, you know. <laughs> At the end of the funeral, one of the Eric's, there's two guys named Eric on the Kingsguard. One of them shows up and gives her, this is not Aegon the Conqueror's crown. Aegon II has that. He gives her Viserys's crown, which is also Ooh. meaningful. More meaningful, I would think, because it's her father. Mm, maybe equally no, slightly well, more less. Well, well, meaningful in different ways. I mean, they both yeah. give you a claim to succession, but succession's all made up bullshit anyway. It's really <laughs> just who's ever alive at the end of the discussion. You sound like somebody who's just like, you know, money's not real, man. <laughs> I mean, succession is straight it. up not real, though. Like, It's a real show. It's the best when, show on television. When uh, <laughs> in, in history... For example, this happened uh, in the British royal family. You just run out of nobles because they end up on the wrong side of a war or something. And you're like, well, just we'll import some. We'll get some nobles from a foreign country to come in and replace the ones that we lost. So it's like, okay, the, how is it special anymore? Anyway, it's all made up bullshit. Uh, Cersei nails it in season one, episode eight, when she's just like, it, 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 power's about who kills who first. And Ned's like, no, it's about honor. And she's like, okay. We'll, we'll see. see. How that goes. You try that, and I'll try my thing. <laughs> yeah. So, just like how episode nine was like all the greens. By the way, in the show, they're calling them the greens. We haven't heard anyone call Rainey's team the blacks yet. But I don't I'm sure think that's they're going coming to in season two. I don't right? know. That's going to sound kind of Trumpian. Yeah. If they do. yeah. In any case, I'm not going to say that. They're going to call them like the scorpions. I kind of cringed every time they called them the greens. Like that's what they were called in history books a hundred years later. Like, uh, why would they not just be like, oh, the usurper? The usurpers. That's what they all said in Game of Thrones. Now they're like, oh, the Greens. Oh, uh, Joffrey, did you hear? Uh, Rob Stark and the Greys are coming down whites. from the north. <laughs> the Whites that did it from Winterfell. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, you could just say, like, it's Allison and Otto and Aegon. They have names. It's the High Towers. Yeah, that would be a good way to say it. Sure, why not? The High Towers. Because <laughs> they're calling them the Strongs. Just throw it right back at them. Strong boys. So anyway, Eric joins uh, the black team, which is a lot easier to say. Wait, which uh, Eric? Uh, the Eric handsome two. one. That was just me. I, I don't care about these two characters at all. If anyone <laughs> does, I don't understand it. Well, they'll be more important later. Ugh. In any case. Where's blood and cheese, dude? They all get... Uh, where's fucking Mushroom? This is bullshit. Right? Oh, no, no. He was, in the, he was in the show. Was he? Did you not see? There's, no. Uh, Mushroom was in the show for about three seconds. Go God Google it. it. Yeah, they better fucking expand mushrooms. What are you talking about? Two. Don't worry about so, it. So yeah, Adam, just forget it. So oh, they all okay. gather around the big war table and have oh, a big meeting. And Rainy is queen. God. Oh, yeah, yeah. This yeah. So fucking, let's talk about this table. Yes, let's spend twenty minutes on this table. So one, Danny never figured out how to turn it on, which is very funny. Like you just, well, they just put, put candles underneath. You just put candles underneath. But what when a dumb that idiot. I am a, a, a map nerd at heart. I love my God dang maps. Same. When that motherfucking table lit up, I Ooh. cannot tell you how excited it was. It was beautiful. It was so good. Was did you, did you like it, James? Did you like the table? Oh, yeah. It was great. Great nice. table, everyone. 
Nice. Emmy, or, Emmy nomination. Best table. Honestly, I think they'll probably win an Emmy for that table. Either that um, or an Ikea contract where <laughs> you can buy this table at Ikea. Yeah. And it's called the Sh- Shorn Dipper. A Shorn Dipper. Yeah. If they don't get an Emmy for set design. Oh, yeah. And costume design. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But they'll, they'll, they're going to be up against um, the Rings of Power, right? Oh, that was yeah. Also that's very pretty. That's true. That's going to be a tough time, actually. Now that I think about it, that <laughs> that piece of shit show was very pretty. Yeah, that's about all I had going for it here. Anyway, in any case, I don't want to uh, talk about it. Yeah, they talk no. about how many dragons they have. We should say at this point in the story. Oh my God, there's so the many. The black team has the much greater advantage. They have like sixteen. Uh, way more dragons, as well as a sworn oath by the Lord of Winterfell who does not ever turn his back on things. So presumably the whole North will be supporting Rhaenyra while the rest of the Lords will be kind of disparate. She also remarks like, well, my mom was a Royce or whatever. Was she a Royce or was she an Aaron? Anyway, so Aaron, the, I believe the veil should be on my side as well. So they're in a very strong position. It's the Greens who actually have to make up ground here. Anyway, the, the meeting goes well. Everyone's totally stoked on Rainy. Rainy's dragon is Maraxis, right? Maelis. Or is oh, that Rainy's dragon? It truly does not matter. No, it does. Maraxis <laughs> is twice the size as Maelis. In fact, Maelis had the ability to burn all of those people that was in front of said Maelis because no other dragon was around. And at the end of this episode... One of the coolest shots is like a tiny child looking left and being like, that's a big fucking lizard. It's the biggest one. Oh, yeah. So the first time this happened in episode two, it was pretty dumb. It's so much dumber now that it, it that it's happening mm-hmm. at this point in the story. Uh, Otto Hightower, again, suicidal, oh just wants to die for the cause. So Goes dumb. to Dragonstone with like his five bros and he's like, Damon, <laughs> give up. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah, he forgot like Danny forgot again. Right. He's like shit, didn't this happen like a couple years ago? Right, right. dragons. And then the dragon does the same thing mm. they did in episode two. Did they forget? Did they think it was going to be cool that it happened twice? Because when the dragon came around and landed on the bridge, all I was thinking was like, who ke- has to keep fixing this bridge? I bet yeah. they're pissed. <laughs> the Masons are just like, God damn it. Rainy tells Otto that uh, she didn't have any quit in her um, <laughs> and, and <laughs> that they're not going to give up. And so it, he just leaves and they just let him go. Unreal. It's, it's so cool. Stop <laughs> doing this. Is it like she, you can't yell at Rainy's for not burning all those people. Yeah, you just lost the right to that. Yeah. At the beginning of this episode, Damon says out loud. They killed my brother, Viserys, the rotting corpse. Yes. Right. If you truly believed that. You would have just killed Otto right then and there. It doesn't matter. Obviously, like you've, uh, how many times has Damon shown it really doesn't matter what Rhaenyra says. He's sort of just going to do what he wants to do. If he truly believed that Viserys was murdered by the High Towers, there's no way he doesn't just cut Otto's head off. Cause, I, mean, yeah. I mean, he doesn't have any, there's no historical evidence to say that he would just cut someone's head off if he disagrees with them. Oh, wait, that happened two episodes ago. It's just like, imagine, you know, it's the height of the Civil War. Robert E. Lee marches into the White House and threatens to kill Abraham Lincoln and his entire family. And then they're like, you're on. And then they just let him go. Right. Well, I'll see you on the battlefield three to five years from now. 
In any case, uh, that scene kind of fizzles out. (laughs) With a whimper. (laughs) The sea snake recovers from his injuries, and he wakes up and has a very odd conversation with Rhaenys, where she's like, Yes, Rhaenyra killed our children. And yes, Rhaenyra (laughs) usurped our ancestral home. But... You should have seen her Yas queening at the big light up table today because I am so inspired. And that other stuff, water under the bridge. Yeah. I am now a diehard Rhaenyra supporter. And he's like, you know what? You know what? Me too. Yeah, right. Rhaenys is like, we're team black. And he's like, "Team, what did you say? <laughs> like, how dare you? Uh, and she's like, no, no, no. It's not like that. Uh, don't. Uh, anyway. It, but she killed our son. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. And she took our home with bastard children. She's going to. Right. Right. We like her, though. I like this conversation. You make a, like the points that we both made about how it's stupid are true. But I do like this conversation where he opens his eyes, looks over at his wife, and is just like, I've had people whipped for falling asleep on dude. And he doesn't finish the sentence before she's like, you fucking left. You've been gone six years. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. Don't do your little jokes. I was like, okay. Yes, yes, my queen. Who wasn't shit. So he pledges his loyalty to Rhaenyra. And then I, I honestly forget. I, maybe it was the sea snake. Somebody is like, and you know, your sons really need to take a more active role too. Because like they are going to inherit this role. So give them a little job to do. If it was the sea snake, then a little part of them had to be like, I hope the one who's going to get my home gets murdered. <laughs> There's also a incredibly dog shit scene. Truly every scene about the prophecy is destined to be bad. There's a scene where Rainey is trying to explain the prophecy to Damon. And he gets so angry about this. Presumably he's angry because like he thought Viserys cared too much about the prophecy. But simultaneously he doesn't know about the prophecy in any case the the contradictions of that make Damon angry so he commits domestic violence against though his wife and mother of his children and it's just like niece too yeah every yeah, yeah niece <laughs> every time you kind of want to like maybe like Damon a little bit like the writers just make him do something completely like not just evil but like bitchy and childish yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was the point of the scene. I think oh, it was. Yeah. They they got to this point and they were like, we do have to remind people that he's an asshole. Yeah, he was getting too likable. Yeah. <laughs> they can keep his tongue. Also, I choke queens. Right. So <laughs> Damon, queen, like queen. a piece of shit, gets kicked out of uh, the small council or whatever for being useless and violent jake and luke get sent out as messengers to go see if the 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 lords who are descendant from lords who swore fealty to rhaenyra still feel the same way as their dead parents did and so luke goes to see the lord of storm's end somebody baratheon and i forget where jace goes winterfell okay as well so he's gonna see cregan stark probably at the beginning of season two without knowing what happened to his brother. Yeah. So there's been a lot of shitting on this episode. There's been a lot of shitting on this entire season and show. From this moment on, I do have some nitpicky problems 
but I thought it was great. I don't think, like, from this to the end, there are really funny moments. There are high-octane moments. I was on the edge of my seat. I, I was not more entertained by this show than this next 15 minutes. But to be fair, the only reason that's true, I mean, other than, you know, Dragon Fight, Adam. We got a Dragon yep. Fight, baby. I know. I've been waiting all season for it. The only reason that's true is because of a thing they chose to do that wasn't in the books. The first one they've done that I truly love and actually made it better. And I don't know if it, if that didn't happen. I'm not sure the next 15 minutes would be as good as it is. It's also incredibly tense and it happens. A lot happens quite quickly. I was oh, kind of yeah. surprised. Like I thought the end of the episode, I really thought they were going to cop out the end of the episode was going to be Jason Luke, like flying off to the distance. And I was ready to be like, you assholes. Yeah. You but no, shit. They oh, go wait. for it. <laughs> we forgot at some point. Doesn't Damon try to. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. The Damon in the middle of this Damon goes down to like the, the dragon crypts on Dragonstone and sings a, a, a lullaby to Lenor Valerion's dragon, because I guess he's mm. planning to seat a new rider on that. Here's a problem, guys. Here's James's book complaining corner for the episode. James's book complaining corner. We are here again. The writers have painted themselves uh, a bit of a contradiction here. Because it's already been stated in this show that dragons only bond with Ron Ryder for life. And in the show, they've changed it so that Lenor was not actually killed, but sort of like faked his own death, which is a change from the books. Therefore, his dragon should not be available to take a new rider unless Lenor coincidentally dies in Essos for some reason. Maybe Damon is hypnotizing the dragon. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's what they're they would retort with is like, no, but Damon's like so Targaryen and like so good at it that it doesn't even matter, man. (laughs) In any case, Luke flies off to uh, Storm's End, where we meet the uh, very unwelcoming and surly and churlish Lord Baratheon, who is like absolutely uh, this is like shorthand for the Walder Frey from Game of Thrones, right? Mm. This is he's supposed to invoking that he does not offer Luke guest rights, which if you recall was a thing in season 3 of Game of Thrones, right? Uh which he's supposed to. He doesn't place him under his protection. Uh so already like an asshole. And then here we go. He hands over a letter from Rainy. This Lord Baratheon is illiterate. Yeah, can't so read. It, it goes to his maester, and mm-hmm. then Luke and Rainy and we, the audience, trust implicitly that the maester will just recite exactly what's written on there, not paint it in a specific light, not change the wording to be less respectful. But th- again, like the, sh- the showrunners know what they're doing. We did not hear what the maester said to him. We only heard his angry reaction. And it's like, isn't the maester's job, like even if it's not a nicely written letter, shouldn't it be their job to massage it? Right? You would think. Instead, mm, yes. he flies off the handle. Right. Like massage it in a way that they think that their lord will not want to hear but like at least have a context for everything else going on in that lord's life and uh in that lord's part of 
their kingdom. But like, no one should be trusting anybody implicitly in this world. That doesn't make any sense. But I do, I like it because, it, you know, again, the maester thing, if it actually is the case, is kind of our best case scenario. Oh, I, I love that twist. That'd be great. By the way, Damon was talking or trying to tame Vermithor, not Sea Smoke. We got the dragon man over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sea <laughs> Smoke was Lenor's. Uh, Vermithor, the reason that is important is because Vermithor is gigantic. Vermithor is the fifth biggest dragon of all time, or at least not all time, but like living in this moment. So if he actually does get Vermithor, that's sort of huge. Okay, Vermithor was Jaehaerys' dragon. Ah, Jaehaerys the Wise. Yes, and then, uh, James, we have to discuss if this name should even be put out there, but... (laughs) in the books vermithor becomes hugh hammer's dragon oh yeah well let's not go any further with that i guess yeah Um, okay that's another like adam don't worry about it (laughs) yes quiet but i want to say something before you go go any farther because we missed one big part that that i absolutely loved about this scene was when um luke landed at storm's end in the courtyard uh he lands on his dragon great he's got a dragon that's pretty fucking cool but he looks on the outside of the castle walls and there's the biggest fuck off dragon in the world just sitting there. And that is oh Vagar. And Vagar v- is yeah. like the size of the castle. And yeah. again, like he's enormous. And just recall Balerion, Aegon the Conqueror's dragon was twice the size of Vagar. Unreal. Yeah. <laughs> but but what was interesting about this was the, the way that this scene played out and panned. It's dark. It's stormy. The only way that you see the outline of the dragon was through the clash of thunder and, and lightning that flashes through the sky. So good. So it was so like eerie to see that because you're like, oh shit, that's something's going down. Like right. something's gonna go down. I yes. knew something was gonna go down. Before. It was a horror movie. Yeah, it was. It was. It was very tense. Yeah, I love that. Loved it. The whole situation breakdown is compounded by the fact that Amon has beaten him here and is also uh, proposed to marry. Lord Baratheon's oldest daughter pretty much winning him over to Alicent's side. Props to the kid, though, for still walking in. Like, yeah. he sees Vagar. He knows exactly what he's about to walk into, and he still goes. At which point, and again, again the, I should credit the actor of Aemond, because I think on a second watch, you can really see the intention of his character here. He... Does this big freak out, you know, very operatic, very like vaudeville freak out of like, now give me your eye. And he shows this like blue sapphire eye and really scares the fucking shit out of Luke. You were so mad about the eye last time, dude. I know. It looks great. It looks amazing. Yeah, it was great. But Lord Baratheon takes it seriously and he's like, no fighting under my roof. Get out. Both of you get out. You can do it right outside, but not in here. Right. And that's from the books, which is like Luke goes and then... Eamon's like, well, you said not under your roof. And he's like, don't, this is whatever you're going to do is on you, bro. And then (laughs) Luke walks outside, looks to the right. A flash of lightning happens. The dragon's not there. Gone. And (laughs) Luke looks at his dragon. He's like, okay, bud. Um... Boo, 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 boo. This is gonna be a bummer. Listen, you just you just gotta pay attention, okay? And the dragon's just like, why? What's happening? Not only was this the best dra- baby. dragon scene in anything Game of Thrones, it might be like the only really good one because <laughs> like the ones in Game of Thrones are kind of cheesy. 
But this one was great. It was like a horror movie scene. Vagar as Jaws worked out really well. Yeah, Yeah. right. It was great. The whole like lighting where you see the crashes of lightning and see the shadow of the large dragon. It was so good, man. When they have that shot from the bottom up and they show Vagar flying over Arax, I was like, oh. Yeah. This is the house of the dragon that I wanted to see. Yeah. This is the hot D I wanted to see. Some other details I liked, like obviously uh, Luke is scared. And when Luke seems scared, his dragon seems scared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was interesting. I also really liked th- throughout the scene, Amund is laughing and he's laughing. His laughter reminds you of like Biff from Back to the Future or anything. <laughs> and it like underscores <laughs> the fact that like, and you know, if you're if you're listening to this, you know what happens. Like he's not. This is not lethal intent. He's just no. trying to bully him. He's just trying to fuck with him. Like yeah. he probably also he he knew that he wasn't going to cut out his eye down in the Baratheon's homestead. He was just trying no. To, you know, he just is like this was all show. to scare the shit out of him so that Luke and will never succeeding. leave Dragonstone again. Right, and right. he's succeeding a hundred percent because let's all remember like in this moment before the end actually happens Amon's older but these are two people who have never killed anybody right, right. but they are on different dragons jace is on yes. arax who has luke, never killed luke. anybody luke is on arax and luke and arax are both 14 oh, yeah. years old how, how many and times did i say jace yeah a couple Amon's like 18 or 19 and vagar is like 300 years old <laughs> Arax with Luke on him. Got it. Again, they made Drogon, Rhaegal, and Viserion in Game of Thrones bigger than they actually were. They inflated their size because Arax is twice the size of them, right? They were tiny little baby gosh dang dragons compared to Arax, who, as you see, like, even standing next to a child isn't that formidable. I mean, obviously, if it's the only dragon around, it's going to be formidable. But like yeah. when you see uh, Vagar over to the left there, it's like, okay, well, that's a tiny little baby. So there are four characters in this scene, three of which have never killed anybody and have no war experience whatsoever. Three of them who are scared shitless. And one of them is not those things. <laughs> And I'm assuming here that because he's toying uh, with Luke, uh, the dragon m- may have thought that he was being f- true. Well, I, here's what I think happened. So I guess I'll kind of sure. recap it while giving a theory as well. Um, he's kind of bullying Luke and Arax. Luke and Arax both panic. At the point where they're panicking, he loses Luke, loses control of his dragon, and his dragon attacks Vagar. Uh, sort of unprovoked, because Vagar was just kind of flying next to him at this point. Mm. As soon as that happens, Amund loses control of Vagar, and now it's like actually on, and nobody's yeah. controlling either dragon, and Luke thinks he gets away, and then fucking Vagar chomps through him and Orax. Amund watches on in horror and is screaming like, no, no, stop. So good. And oh, yeah. so it's either that they both lost control, or like just, just 
maybe that they were both too inexperienced. Because think back to episode nine, apparently, Rhaenys is able to restrain the dragon to such an extent that she can have it roar in their faces without killing anybody or breathing any fire. But these two kids are maybe too young, too green to know how to do that. Or another theory I really like, uh, I saw bandied around online, is that Vagar is like senile. Yeah, she's too old Ooh. to like too be commanded old. anymore. Like you, everybody <laughs> has probably known a really old ass dog that's just like really ornery, and you tell kids you're like, no, don't. That's not a fun dog. Don't pet him. Right. It used to be fun. Not fun anymore. Very old. Bad need dog. Reti- don't go. Need to retire go. that dragon. But also remember in episode one when Viserys was just like, "There's a farce that we tell ourselves that we can control the dragons. That's horseshit." We pretend we can. We do to a certain percentage, but it's never 100%. And Mm. that is what led to the Doom of Valeria. By the way, I know what happened to the Doom of Valeria. Also, I know about the Song of Ice and Fire. And I know all the things. I'm just not going to tell anybody because fuck them. But I I, I think what actually happened was that, although I do like the senile theory, is that they just both (laughs) lost control because they're inexperienced. But also, Vagar just got fire. Put, when's the last time something spit fire in Vagar's face? Right. And then yeah, also, right. we, we don't know uh, these dragons like, okay, here's some lore for you, Adam. Sure. Dragons do not exist anywhere in the world. They were bioengineered through like ancient Atlantean magic by the uh, Valerians. And right they're, the dragons are spliced with Targaryen DNA and the Targaryens are spliced with dragon DNA. And that's how they're yeah, able to like wonderful. telepathically control them or whatever. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Is that piece of lore told by a historian or was it just like straight up somebody like who said it? That's just pieced together from details that we get about the Valerians throughout the books. Like there's even a point where people are like getting dysentery and dying in, in Marine and Danny's not getting sick. And she's like, oh, yeah, my brother told me like the, the illnesses of men don't affect people with the blood of the dragon. And literally, mm-hmm. Ryan, they say it's the blood of the dragon, right? They've right. spliced. They've spliced each other. And probably, again, a percentage of that is true, but also take into account that Maesters wrote all of these histories. Like, the stuff that happens in Game of Thrones is different. Those are POV chapters. Those are what the actual characters are thinking. So you have to take it at least at their amount of face value. But, like, the thing read or or written by Mushroom, etc., is like, yeah, but what's actually... Which is why what happens at the end of the dragon scene where they both lose control, Amond doesn't want to kill his kin. Amond would go on to be known as Amond the Kinslayer for this very reason. In fact, the story is that he flies down, takes out both of Luke's eyes, and then like gives them to somebody while cackling. Well, and that's huh. obviously not the truth, because what happened was Amon watched Vagar murder his kin and then was like, oh no, oh, I fucked up. <laughs> This is not good. Mom's going to be so pissed. Uh, the ending, I don't know. Maybe it was good. Maybe it was kind of cheesy. I don't know. I didn't really have feelings about it. Like, obviously, someone brings message to Radir about what happens, and then they pose for the camera. And oh, that's it was bad. the end of season one. It was, it was yeah, bad. It was, a, 
It was a bad ending, but I understand what they were trying to do. They should have ended on Amon's face. Absolutely. That would have been much more oh, powerful, yeah. sure. Yeah. Or at least just like rethink. Like, it feels like it's just shot out of context. When you edit those two things together, the person sitting there has to be like, wow, those were 15 minutes of amazing television. And then somebody looking at the camera. And like, that was, that was like their, you know, <laughs> the things I do for love moment. Uh, coming all the way at the end of the season instead of the beginning, but yeah, I mean, I I get I liked this episode a lot. Uh, it's it's not perfect, but yeah, that change that like because in the the novella, it's just presented that like Amon is a cold blooded murderer, but like that's this is more realistic. He's twenty two and has never killed anyone, and he, this was his childhood friend, family who. who- cut out his eye that one time. Well, true. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. It's complicated. <laughs> Hashtag it's complicated. Hashtag it's complicated. Listen to the upcoming Halloween episode of D&D. The HBO boys do coming out on 1031. Anyway. Ooh. Yeah, it's very spooky. <laughs> so like, was season one of House of the Dragon perfect? No, but I still liked it a lot. Even the parts that were dumb, I still enjoyed I think it's safe to say season one of House of the Dragon was bad, but I liked it. Like, it wasn't a good show, but I like it a lot. This is the gauge that I've been given being my first uh, entrant into the Game of Thrones universe. The show was bad, but I really liked it. (laughs) Well, Adam, like you, were you surprised when Luke got chomped on? Uh, Yes. Yes, I was. I knew something bad was going to happen. And honestly, when I was watching that scene, I'm like, man, there's a lot of lightning. I wonder if they're going to get struck by lightning or something pretty tame in comparison to getting jumped by a dragon. But when it happened, I was like, ooh, oh, yeah, let's right. go. So <laughs> I, I, I guess like the blood of the dragon, aside from making you immune to fire and burns, it like also yeah. makes it so that you can survive above the clouds where it would be like negative 50 degrees. Right. Right. Yeah. And right. you have oxygen. Oxygen and stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I I liked the show. I liked the show a lot. Some of the political stuff was a little boring, like the the just a lot of talking and talking and talking and talking. The weird like incestual stuff, not a fan of, but I guess whatever at this point. But I like where it's going. I'm I'm excited to see a season two to to actually see some of the epic stuff unfold. I think this was a good ending. For sure. Uh, definitely that cliffhanger that I was promised, probably. So, yeah, can't wait yeah. for fall 2024. Yeah, right. It's gonna when, be two years. when this comes out and they have to change all the actors again. I guess <laughs> now they're too old. Yeah. Do they have a date? Yeah, two years. They, no. they, they've, I've been seeing yeah. two years. They, oh, yes. my God. It's most likely going to be fall 2024. And yeah, of course, I'm excited for the second season. I'm excited for the show. Again, good. It's, I really, really like this bad show. <laughs> Conflicting opinions. It's just like, if they're going to take so long to make it, can they not just like give the scripts a couple passes? Oh man, did you see the uh, finale was leaked? Or at least the synopsis oh, of said yeah. finale was yeah, leaked? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's already, like the source material's been, been out there for years. Right. The leak was that Luke gets eaten. And then there, there are just all the comments under it are like, what leak? What do you mean leak? This is right. George wrote it years ago, dude. The book's a leak. You can't read it. Snape kills Dumbledore, guys. Ha <laughs> ha. Spoiled. <gasps> oh, my God. God. I was I had was a, I just started reading the series and I was on the next chapter before that happens. 
That was ruined for me. Somebody oh, actually, was it actually, yes. Our good so, friend Alex oh, was no. like, "How are you liking uh, Harry Potter book six, James?" And I was like, I, "It's pretty good. I'm towards the end." And he's, "This is how he phrased the question." <laughs> Our brilliant friend Alex was like, "Did you get to the part where Snape kills Dumbledore yet?" Oh my god! No, Alex, I didn't get to that part. <laughs> But thanks, I guess. <laughs> Alex, if you're actually listening to this, uh, affirm that to me yep. at some point. Uh, yeah, prove you're a fan. Amazing. <laughs> well, folks, that's Hot D. Uh, dong count zero. Feet count two. Oh, tough times. Yeah, there's no dong, right? Right. There was some dung. There was like near half the a half dung. There was the, 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 the cutoff ball sack. That's yeah, right. So um, so good. Yeah, half dung. And uh, <laughs> there were the the feet. Yeah, just really. Uh, you know, it, there's a lot of inclusion in this show. So should have called all it. Should have called it hot feet. <laughs> House of the feet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oof. Feet of the dragon. The <laughs> feet of the dragon. <laughs> Uh, Spooky Adam was telling me on Reddit someone was like, oh, Otto Hightower, Hand of the King, Alice and Hightower, Feet of the King. Yeah, no. Oh, no. I love that. (laughs) P.S. And by the way, next week, White Lotus. Ooh, it's next week? Yep. Next week, Sunday at nine. And by next week, I mean this Sunday at nine. I'll be over your house, probably. No, you won't be. I'll be in Florida. But. No, Ryan. I'm so sorry. Stop it. I know. Well, then the following week. The following one, yes. Right on. I'll watch it by myself, I suppose. And then we're going to make a podcast about it. Yeah. Are you going to watch it, James? Oh, yeah. And then join us here in two years for season two of Hot D. (laughs) I'm so tired. Ryan made me stay up two and a half hours later than I normally do to record You go to the sleep Halloween at special. 9.30 p.m., James. What, yeah. are you a toddler? Because I'm living a healthy lifestyle. Oh, I'm are you? burning a candle oh, are at you? both ends like you, Ryan. That's why you're I so short-tempered. do not you don't believe enough. I don't believe. What, is, uh, this is why I'm so what? Short-tempered. Oh, that is a good point. You're not wrong. <laughs> like He's laughing now. He's going he's gonna to really give me it to me for that. I've already stabbed James. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for Hot D. And I'm Adam. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Short-tempered.